Welcome to the Digging It podcast by Bendigo Baptist Church Young Adults. Each podcast will be digging deeper into the sermon, looking at your questions and fleshing out what wasn't covered. Congratulations on taking the time out to join us this week. Let's dig in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Digging It podcast. We've had a little spell for a few weeks, and uh, it's good to be back with you. Dave Gillett's my name. And uh, we are going to be, over the next little while in this podcast, uh, changing it up a bit and interviewing uh, a series of people uh, that are involved in the life of our church, but also outside the life of our church. And we're going to be just interviewing them in relation to what it looks like for them as they uh, seek to follow Jesus and uh, different aspects, different questions. And today I've got with me Stuart Berryman, who is one of our young adult community. And Stuart, is, uh, it's good to have you here with us. Welcome, mate. Cheers. Uh, Stuart's on the phone uh, with me in this uh, in this age of social distancing. Uh, we are doing this remotely. Uh, it's good to have you with us, Stu. Um, you you already find yourself in where you live, uh, being a little way uh, or a little bit isolated from from people. Tell us about your situation. Oh yeah, well um, I think these days I'm feeling pretty lucky. I'm sure there's others at the church in the same position, but. Um, yeah, so I'm living out on a uh, nice 25-acre bush block tucked away in between the National Park out in Mandarin. And, um, you know, we've got a few pigs, chooks, veggies, uh, roos, et cetera, and uh, solar power. So um, it hasn't been too bad, to be honest. It's um, I think the last few days I've been reflecting on things as, as, as this isolation thing's really kicked off. Um been really good for the community out here yeah yeah uh so things are not uh, a great deal different for you in some ways but in the in the wider community in which you live uh it's it's very different at the moment isn't it yeah well uh that's right um i uh i'm working as a teacher at you know a school in malmesbury and um that's been closed down obviously over the last few days and so Technically, we're still working and, you know, video conferencing and all that and trying to figure out what remote learning looks like. Um, yeah, particularly in our context, it's been tricky. And uh, are you finding the remote learning uh, easy or uh, more difficult? Um, I mean, over the short term, it's definitely difficult. Um, I find myself endlessly frustrated with technology. <laughs> and so... Uh, um, I've been struggling through that, but I think um, over the longer term, if this extends, there'll probably be some good opportunities for um, more hands-on learning type stuff for our boys. And, and by that, I, I mean, um, you know, creating videos of different building projects and that sort of thing and making the maths and numeracy related. Um, I'm optimistic about that, and I'm uh, simultaneously optimistic about the amount of work that you get done around the block as a result. <laughs> yeah, uh, very good. Stu, what's been um, your reflections uh, about life in, in the midst of um, the the different world we live in at the moment, you know, a world that's uh, uh, affected by a virus and its implications for um, for, for everybody? Uh, what's your reflections on it as a, as a follower of Jesus? Yeah, I think initially it was pretty easy to get... Um, caught up in all of this, you know, it came, came as a bit of a whirlwind. Um, I was actually in China. Yeah, you had January. an early experience of it, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so 
mid to late January, I'd sort of gone across to visit some friends in China, and we were staying in a neighbouring province there, and had a short overnight stay in a hospital with a bad case of gastro at one stage, etc. Um, you know, and and the trip was all fine, but those last those last few days started getting a bit touchy, and uh, you know, we were isolating, and the streets were looking pretty empty in this city, uh, Shantou, that I was in that second week, and. Uh, the airport closed down four hours after I left. And anyway, so that was a bit touch and go. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, yeah, what so did the whole you thing find? stayed just, in my mind for a while. Just on that for a moment, what did you find in terms of the sense of life in China at that time compared to what you feel here now, the, how, the, how the general population was feeling about life? Yeah. Well, I remember pretty distinctly my friend Yin Han, who I was staying with, she sort of lives with my parents in Melbourne, the majority of the time. I remember a few days before Chinese New Year, she started, you know, getting pretty anxious about this and telling us we should start wearing masks and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, initially me and her parents uh, who were saying, oh, no, you know, don't, come on, you know, you're taking this a bit far, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember Chinese New Year and uh, that's when on the uh, on the Chinese social media websites and all the rest of it, things really started kicking off. And, yeah. Uh, and it went from everybody on the streets, you know, New Year's Eve to, bam, everything was empty. Everybody was locked down. Started seeing um, police barricades and stuff up and around and yeah. uh, temperature gauges. They'd be pulling cars over to check temperatures and that sort of thing. So it got, got pretty somber pretty, <laughs> pretty Yeah, quick. that's pretty um, confronting, isn't it, overnight? Well, that's right. And I think particularly in cities, you know, in, in those sort of main cities like China, not, not that Shantou is, necessarily huge but um you know certainly the population density is a lot higher so you're you're used to streets that are a lot busier that uh, to then to then go from yeah from from that to nothing was pretty confronting yeah yeah, yeah. and so as you've experienced it here things haven't um I mean, we, we feel like things have changed quickly, don't we, um, over a, a couple of weeks here in Victoria. But it, um, it, it obviously was a much more sudden change over there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, perhaps I'm on edge just because I've been in, because because it's sort of been on my mind since I was there. But, um, yeah, we, you know, we've had a month, a month or so of it being on our radar prior to, um, to this. And certainly... In, in the education context with all the talk of schools and what's happening there, um, you know, I think for, for a lot of teachers, uh, myself included, there was, you know, for weeks that added burden of just, are we going to close, aren't we going to close, preparing, you know, online resources, yada, yada. And um, and so it's sort of, that's been an additional toll, not that, not that I mean, that hasn't been the case for doctors or anything else, but um, yeah. plenty of people, but yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted you as you were about to launch into uh, your reflections on, on life now as a follower of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I think you were saying well, that you, you found yourself checking up on the Twitter feed and, uh, and really absorbing a lot of the available information. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, I found, um, I found, my, I found myself really getting consumed by it. In fact, last week I was home from work with a cold. Uh, so, so, you know, school was still on, but I, I was off all week and, and couldn't go back with a cough, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just found my days went from, 
you know, relatively structured, engaged in the in the work that's ahead of me and, and social uh, commitments and all that sort of thing to, you know, yeah, nothing. Um, through that, you know, I have a bad habit at times of getting a bit caught up in politics and Twitter and all the rest of it as an anonymous observer of the thing. And I just found myself, you know, as, as, that, as I lost that structure in my life, as I lost, you know, um, yeah, that sort of, you know, those things that, that normally provide me with a sense of meaning and purpose and that oftentimes can serve as, you know, perhaps um, meaningful distractions. Yeah. Um, as, as that all fell away, I, I found myself growing increasingly anxious. Uh, I think, you know, my sleeping pattern was interrupted, you know, just, just, just getting up and about and, and, uh, and doing things other than just manically watching this thing unfold. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, sort of became quite disturbing. And so, you know, I, I sort of pulled myself up late last week and I realized, oh, geez, you, you're carrying a lot of sort of fear, you're carrying a lot of anxiety and all this. And I, I started beginning the process of, of trying to regain some kind of structure to pull myself up and I, I sort of yeah. banned, I banned myself from the phone and, uh, you know, at this stage. Yeah, I okay. In those morning hours. I think this and is useful I, for people to hear because I think there'll be lots of people in, in your situation. Structure changed, uh, different circumstances, maybe they're working from home, uh, studying from home, whatever it is, but most people are, are at home as we're being encouraged to be. And, um, and yeah, so you felt you needed to cut the phone and, and then what else were you up to? Yeah, and um, you know, and and I think, I think in and through that, this is something that happens quite regularly to me on the holidays anyway. I end up, yeah, on Twitter, I end up watching endless numbers of TV shows and all the rest of it, trying to distract myself from a kind of boredom. And so, um, I just started putting different structures in place to prevent that from happening. I made sure that I've been making sure that I've not last night, but um, in general, making sure that I get to bed at a reasonable hour and I wake up and. And I think for me, you know, as is really important because it's hard to know what to do in all of this. Yeah. Um, you know, beginning beginning my day with with prayer and some reading, you know. And uh, so I get up, I make my coffee, I head outside, sit down, um, and yeah, and pray and read, and, um, and 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 then from there try and make a list of not not to fill my day up entirely, but just to just to try and make a really um, sort of optimistic list of if I get these two or three things done today, then my day's been worthwhile, you know, and it doesn't need to be, you know, reinventing the wheel or something. It just needs to be a couple of things that I know I'll be able to sort of, you know, finish up at the end of the day and, and know that I've, that I've made use of that time or, or you know, that I've, that I've sort of done something well. And, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Well, that just planning in walks. Um, I, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a bit of bird watching, so I go for a meander through the bush and that sort of thing. And yeah, just tr try and get myself away from the screen because between work and, and my own self-interest, um, that's been particularly consuming for me. But yeah, I think that's really good. It, there is no doubt that um, with the availability of of news and information that we have in front of us and accessible to us now, uh, we can just find ourselves just enveloped in that and um and yeah the the day just gets uh, absorbed in that and um the result is uh, anxiousness struggle and and you're you're suggesting for you and i think it's really good for uh, for all of us uh, starting the day 
with God, reminding ourselves that, yep, we're, we live in his world, we're his creation, we, we need his guidance, his mindset, his, um, uh, his view on, on our lives, and, uh, and he uh, orientates that for us, and then providing some structure for yourself, that's good. Yeah, that's it. Um, I think one of the other things I've been thinking about or noticing as well is, you know, I've sort of been noticing through friends, family, et cetera, just the amount of fear as well that tends to grip us through this sort of thing. Yeah. And um, I've sort of been thinking a lot or thinking a bit about that, uh, you know, um, in reference to faith and that sort of thing. And I was reminded by a friend this morning uh, of of a, Quote from uh, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, um, where he writes something along the lines of, you know, there's nothing like suspense and anxiety for barricading our minds. Um, there's nothing like suspense thing. and anxiety for barricading our minds. Yeah, that's a, a human's mind against the enemy. Now, this is Screwtape, obviously, so he's yep. talking about God, you know. Yep. He wants men to be concerned with uh, what they do. Our business is to keep them thinking about what will happen to them, and I think, oh, yeah, that's good, isn't how, it? How true has that been? <laughs> you know, for us, for some of us, we think, oh, what's what's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to our jobs? What's going to happen to, um, you know, our family? Oh, you know, yeah, ourselves if we get this thing, and um, and it's hard to to look outside of ourselves and and and, and to be thinking about what constructive things we can be doing. Yeah, that's uh, that's very good. What other sort of stuff have you been reading that you've found helpful? Um, well, I think um, I've sort of just been um, thinking and coming to terms with the sort of uh, suffering in all of this, you know, the idea that... Um, yeah, you know we're we're not in a good way, and uh, and things can seem so dire right now, and and um, and hard, and you know how do we how do we make sense of that in um, in and through all of this? How do we how do we think about suffering? And um, again, the same friend sort of you know referred me to a a quote from C.S. Lewis, and the, the whole essay is actually probably worth a good read in this time. It's a it's a Essay he wrote, you know, learning in wartime. Um, learning and, in uh, wartime. Learning in wartime. It's sort of about about life in and throughout, uh, yep. you know, the, the war in the forties, I guess. And then uh, he writes, um, for this reason, I think it's important to try to see the present calamity in a true perspective. The war created no absolutely new situation. It simply aggravated the permanent human situation. That we can no longer ignore, so that we can no longer ignore it. Human life has always lived on the edge of a precipice. And um, later on in that essay, he goes on to talk about death and the inevitability of it, you know, and um, and sort of I guess challenges us at the end. There, it's kind of like, well, well, where is our faith in this? Because death is an inevitability, and and suffering is an inevitability in a reality of of the lives that we live and live. And so, um, it's it is it isn't actually anything new to us, but it is something that we try to forget about, try and insulate ourselves from. But it's an old story. You know? 
Yeah, and there's no doubt that's the reality for us now, isn't it? As we are confronted with our, our mortality, our fragility uh, as humans in a, in a big way, uh, right in front of us for, for everybody, uh, as none of us have immunity, um, it, uh, it uh, sort of brings with it all sorts of uh, emotions, feelings, and um, makes us very uncomfortable, doesn't it? Where normally in Western culture we we are pushing towards being able to push that off to one side and and get on with the other things that are happening in front of us, but it's not so easy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Stu, that uh, those are some gold there, and uh, that uh, that essay uh, sounds like it's well worth a read. Learning in wartime by C.S. Lewis. Uh, can you can you find that online? Uh, you can. It's in his book the weight of glory a collection of and uh, some of his speeches but, yeah. yeah so the, the weight of glory is where you want to look in there so yeah. in there uh listeners uh go and check it out i you shared with me a poem earlier Stu, which is actually a prayer and i i reckon it'd be great if we finish with that um could you uh read that and pray that for us uh, as we finish yeah absolutely so it's called a liturgy for those flooded by too much information. And it's found in a, a great book called Every Moment Holy that a friend gave me. Um, Every and, Moment yeah, what? Every Moment Holy, it's called. Yeah. Great. Um, I'll begin. God, in a world so wired and interconnected, our anxious hearts are pummeled by an endless barrage of troubling news. We are daily aware of more grief, O Lord, than we can rightly consider, of more suffering and scandal than we can respond to, of more hostility, hatred, horror and injustice than we can engage with compassion. But you, O Jesus, are not disquieted by such news of cruelty and terror and war. You are neither anxious nor overwhelmed. You carried the full weight of the suffering of a broken world when you hung upon the cross and you carry it still. When the cacophony of universal distress unsettles us, remind us that we are but small and finite creatures, never designed to carry the vast abstractions of great burdens, for our arms are too short and our strength is too small. Justice and mercy, healing and redemption are your great labours. And yes, it is your good pleasure to accomplish such works through your people, but you have never asked any one of us to undertake more than your grace will enable us to fulfill. Guard us then from shutting down our empathy or walling off our hearts because of the glut of unactionable misery that floods our awareness. You have many children in many places around this globe. Move each of our hearts to compassionately respond to those needs that intersect our actual lives that in all places your body might be actively addressing the pain and brokenness of this world, each of us liberated and empowered by your spirit to fulfil the small part of your redemptive work assigned to us. Give us discernment in the face of troubling news reports. Give us discernment to know when to pray, when to speak out, when to act, and when to simply shut off our screens and our devices and to sit quietly in your presence. Casting the burdens of this world 
upon the strong shoulders of the one who alone is able to bear them up. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Stu. That's uh, really good, really helpful. To all our listeners, I hope uh, that's helpful for you. Thank you for your time with us, Stu. We appreciate it and your insights. And uh, and I hope that uh, as you listen to this, you'll find some inspiration, and some gold in there for yourself. Uh, we look forward to um, being with you again soon on the next episode of Digging It. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Luke, for helping us out. See you later.